Left Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Flavor, flavor, please tell your neighbors, Ian Beckles with flavor in your ear. <laughs> Wake up, sports, music, and fashion, best of podcasting, what's going on now and what's soon to happen. Be sure to stick around, no fast forward or skipping, dropping jewels, you don't want to miss them. Make sure you listen, Ian Beckles with the flavor in your ear, the voice of the people's here. Hello everybody, this is Ian Beckles and welcome back to Flavor in Your Ear. It's been a very eventful week as it normally is. Uh, a lot of things to talk about. Um, first and foremost, our Buccaneer coach gets fired here, Dirk Cutter, uh, out and should be out. Um, I don't think there's any anybody on his side to this point. Two years in a row, five and eleven, not looking like there's any improvement. Uh, nobody's in the stands and nobody gives a shit. Time to go. I was at Eats um, American Grill the other day, eating, having some food with this sweet lady. She's been a season ticket holder since 89, and she's been going to see the Bucks since 76. And she just said, I'm just tired of it. And, and I understand wholeheartedly when you go out there year after year after year hearing, you know, the same old promises. And, and I'd be, be honest with you, thinking that the Glazers aren't really helping you and uh, don't really give a crap about you after a while, you, you give up. And I think a lot of people are starting to give up. So, you know, the Buccaneers have some choices to make. Um, they got to bring somebody in here. They retain Jason Light, who's the GM and, um, their cutter's gone. So they got to find a new coach and they got to find somebody in here that stirs up something because, um, it is just, it's dead right now. The Buccaneers organization is, is dying real, real quick. And you don't, there's nowhere to fall. As of right now, I mean, the Buccaneers are right now probably the lowest franchise in, in the NFL. They're a lot lower than Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland hasn't done anything, but I tell you what, Cleveland fans next year are going to be jacked to, for their season. They're going to be jacked with Baker Mayfield and all the things they have going on over there. So we'll see what happens with our beloved Buccaneers and we'll see where, where it goes, uh, from here. Now, this week saw a lot of interesting things. First and foremost, happy new year to everybody out there. I watched the, uh, the whole ball dropping thing. I'm usually asleep by then, but I was watching the ball drop, uh, New Year's Eve and, uh, Times Square with a million people there in the cold and the rain. I don't know why anybody would do that. Um, First and foremost, I would just be worried for safety with a million people there and in the times where we are. That's just a perfect time for somebody to act a fool in New York. Uh, but then I watched this show and they were talking about, you know, what kind of precautions they were making. And, you know, there was drones everywhere. Uh, they were talking about suicide bomb sniffing dogs who can sniff um, bombs from 100 feet away. Um and they did $50,000 to train these dogs and all kind of crazy stuff. So there was a lot of precautions, that's for sure. Uh, I went through without a hitch, which is good. And uh, it's the new year. I just don't know why anybody would want to take their ass out there and um, deal with that kind of cold for that long. I'm just, I'm not doing it personally. Now, I, I happen to be somebody who loves... Uh, I love arts and I love cinematography and uh, videography and all kind of stuff like that. Um, one of the things that I like to watch, and I don't watch a lot of television, but anytime a new 3030 comes out on ESPN, I find them to be amazing. Um, I just watched one the other day on Buster Douglas, which was fantastic. 
If you guys don't know Buster Douglas, Buster Douglas was the first person to beat Mike Tyson. And then Mike Tyson wasn't the same after that. And uh, look for your girl Cyborg in MMA to be about the same. Okay, that's that's the way it goes normally, unfortunately. Uh, for somebody like, there's three athletes I have in mind. Uh, Mike Tyson's one, Cyborg is one, and Ronda Rousey would be the other one. The, the athlete that can't be beat, like I'm the person, nobody on the earth can beat me. As soon as you get beat, you find out that you're lesser mentally. You're a lesser athlete mentally. And once Mike Tyson got beat and he wasn't that scary dude anymore, same with Ronda Rousey, they were useless in the ring. They didn't win squat after that. I, Ronda Rousey hasn't won since. And she will never get in there and win again. And why would she make a lot of money with the WWE? So good for her. But Mike Tyson was kind of up and down after that, but didn't win many fights after Buster Douglas put him down. So if you're a big fan of cinematography and sports, that Buster Douglas 30-30 um, was excellent. But there was one that was even better than that that I watched the other day was uh, the Bobby Knight one. And uh, being from Indiana University, I went to Indiana University. So I used to know of Bobby Knight. Knew of him, I knew his son, didn't care for him, but I used to see Bobby Knight walking around the hallways, just a curmudgeonly old man, just hates life. And I know in Indiana, he was considered God when I was there. I couldn't stand Bobby Knight, I still can't. And when you watch this 3030, uh, you'll realize how much of a tyrant. Bobby Knight was. I get he was a great basketball coach and a lot of great coaches are tyrants, unfortunately. All right. Um, I remember going on my recruiting trip to Indiana and they gave me basketball tickets and I was sitting literally the seat behind Bobby Knight on my recruiting trip, like the seat right behind Bobby Knight. Next to me was Connie Chung and there was a bunch of dignitaries all over the place. So I was close enough to Bobby Knight to literally hear every word that was coming out of his mouth. And as a young, you know, 19 year old kid or probably 20 at the time, uh, I was shocked that a grown man could talk to another grown man like that. I was like, man, I don't know if I want coaches to talk to me like that. I mean, Bobby Knight was really berating his players and demeaning them like they weren't men. And then after I, you know, signed with Indiana, I was there for two years uh, became friends with some of the basketball players who all hated Bobby Knight. Then Lawrence Funderburk's a name uh, of a great basketball player. and ended up playing in the NBA, but transferred from Indiana. And I know for a fact that he didn't, Bobby Knight didn't like the way he practiced and sent one of his assistant coaches into uh, Lawrence's uh, apartment to rough him up. So, you know, that's mafia shit. That's not that's not supposed to be NCAA basketball, you know, choking Neil Reed. And, and you know, he, he's been a bully. He's been a bully the whole time he was there. And if you watch the 3030, you know, calling calling secretaries effing bitches. Eh, I don't know where you're from. That's not OK. All right. That's bullying. That's not all right. You're this big, influential, powerful man, and you're talking down to secretaries and and berating them. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And thank God there was a video of that and what he did to Neil Reed or else uh, everybody would have been on Bobby Knight's side because he's God. And you know what? It's funny. There's still people on Bobby Knight's side 
way out there. No doubt about it. They love him in Indiana. That is for sure. Now, uh, speaking of people that are loved and hate, uh, hated, we have to obviously talk about our beloved government that um, doesn't get boring by any means. Uh, our government, our so-called government, which is on shutdown, uh, your president, uh, Donald Trump, came out a few weeks ago and said, you know, had that little caucus with Pelosi and Schumer and said, yep, um, I'm taking it. This is my baby. I'm going to shut him down. I'm going to take responsibility for it. My thing. Then he shuts it down and wants to blame everybody else. It's, he wants to blame uh, Pelosi. He wants to blame Democrats in general. He needs his wall. I need my wall. Doesn't get his wall. Everybody has to suffer. If he doesn't get a wall, that does, it's not going to hold anybody out. Not one person. Not one if somebody really wants to get in somewhere, they'll get in. Everybody's worried about a wall. You know what everybody's get. You know how they're getting in? Plane. You're worried about a wall? Come on. If he doesn't get his wall, it's shut down. And in the meantime, we have 800,000 Americans not getting paid because he can't get a wall that's not going to do anything. And I think to this point, like 30% of Americans even want this stinking wall now. And it's getting to the point where there's there's Democrats... And there's Republicans, and there's, then there's Trump's Republicans. Because there's Republicans now that are distancing themselves from Donald Trump. They don't want to be part of it. They don't want anybody to think that that's my politics. I don't want to be part of that. And Donald Trump, to this point, I mean, I don't know if you could have any more naysayers. Like, I'm, I listen to it all. And now what I'm putting on Fox News at times Fox News has always been pro, 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 pro Trump. It's not always pro Trump anymore. We have some people saying, well, you know, I'm a Donald Trump guy, but, but, but Donald Trump's doing a lot of butts right now, a lot. And, you know, when you're looking at, you know, there's, there's a lot of boohoo stories out there, but it's, it's hurting some of the, it's hurting some of America's poorest families. And that's not, that's for me, that's not good. You know, middle America can figure it out for a little bit. But when poor America doesn't get a check, you got to feel for them because, you know, I I don't know if I'm speaking to poor America, but poor America can't miss a check. I'm sorry. I got some news for you. Middle, middle America can't miss too many checks either. But we're talking about an economy that's plummeting and, you know, hasn't had hasn't had uh, as bad a December since the 30s. And we're talking about the debt growing by two trillion dollars since since uh, Trump took office. Now the debt's like twenty two trillion dollars. You know, all this stuff is bad, people. It's all bad. And if you think that Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and the Democrats are going to sit down in a room with Donald Trump and make things better, then you're crazy. You're, that's not going to happen. Donald Trump doesn't want anything less than that. I mean, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want the word bipartisan to really even exist. I mean, I hope you see that. And I, I have some friends that are still Trump people. And like I said, they're still my friends. I'm okay with you being a Trump person. As long as we can have a, a, like a you know, somewhat intelligent conversation. And that's becoming to a point where it's almost impossible. I got a good buddy of mine, Josh, who's a Trump guy from the beginning, and I saw him the other day, and I said, you know, I'm not going to have you debate over Trump right now. I just want you to ask, answer one of my questions. I'm not going to debate you. Just answer one question. 
do you think that our president is sane? And he start, I said, just say yes or no. And, he, and he, I said, just say yes or no. Don't give me an explanation or something. Just tell me, yes, is our president a sane person? And he looked at me and goes, probably not. So, I mean, we're talking about Donald Trump people. His supporters don't think he's sane. So you, when your supporters don't think you're sane, what about people that are, aren't on your side? What do they think about you? I mean, I'm not a Donald Trump guy, and I you don't want to know what I think about him, but it ain't good. And everything that comes out this dude's mouth is hot garbage. Every last bit of it. Like, you can't lie anymore. It's impossible to lie anymore. You can't. All he's been doing is lying since the beginning. Now he's just outwardly lying. And everything he says, I mean, literally everything Donald Trump does or says from this point on, somebody can pull up a clip that he's saying something on the other end of the spectrum. Or dogging out Obama for doing the exact damn same thing. And when I look at, when I'm, when I'm putting it on, uh, whether it's CNN or I put it on Fox News or MSNBC, and they have different people, uh, you know, commenting on Trump or really arguing to his behalf, the only argument is this. Well, what about Hillary? Well, Obama did this. That's not an argument. And you know what? Hillary Clinton was never the president. Stop comparing Hillary Clinton to, to Donald Trump. She was not the president. She wasn't. If Hillary Clinton was a president, you think we would be talking about Donald Trump right now? I don't think so. I, if Hillary Clinton became president, I'm not sure you'd have brought Donald Trump's name up. There's no reason to. I don't think she would have brought it up. But he's not going to let nothing die. Nothing is going to die with this guy. And he dogged out Obama for the deficit, which is the debt's grown $2 trillion since, since uh, Trump's been in office. He's the one, he's the one, Trump, that is on record saying that Obama should be impeached because of the shutdown. He's the one out of his mouth saying the president shouldn't shut down the government. He's the one saying it. And now he's shutting it down for something that he wants, not the country, he wants. And I think it really is a, um, a barricade for all the stuff that's happening with, with Mueller because that's... They're kind of dragging their feet, but I, I just saw a special on Mueller the other day, too. Mueller ain't no joke. Mueller is an SOB. And I mean, like, he's dug up a lot of stuff, and he ain't going to dig up nothing. You don't take this long to dig up nothing, that's for sure. And the, far, the part that scares me are the Trump supporters are basically saying, well, okay, Trump's a bad person, but it does have nothing to do with impeachment. So they don't care what laws he broke. They don't care who he smashed along the way. They just don't think anything he's done is bad. Nothing. I mean, zero. He can do anything. And Donald Trump is the one who let us know way back when that he could shoot somebody in the face and he won't lose any popularity. And now I'm realizing what he was really trying to say is Trump's people are going to be his people regardless. Okay, his people can't be swayed and his people and I'm giving little air quotes are what's wrong with our country. His people, the ones that can't listen, the ones that can't watch and see what's really happening. That's what's wrong 
with our country right now. That is for sure. So if anybody has any questions for me, uh, Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. I also have a couple other uh, podcasts. Uh, Flavor of Tampa Bay comes out on Thursday. On Monday is In the Trenches. We will still be doing In the Trenches, even though the Buccaneers season is over. Still a lot of NFL football going on, a lot of offseason stuff happening too. A lot of different coaches getting fired and you know people getting hired and acquisitions, a lot of different things. So we're still going with that. And also my cannabis podcast, which comes out on Wednesday. You want to check that out as well. Anyways, I appreciate you guys listening in. This has been Flavor in Your Ear. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather, please. Peace out. To keep the conversation going, follow Ian on Twitter at Ian Beckles. And check out DignitaryRadio.com to get the latest on where you can find him next. This has been Ian Beckles, Flavor in Your Ear on Radio Influence. Put the flavor in your ear, the voice of the people's here is here. That flavor, flavor, bringing that flavor, flavor. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Dexter Lawrence is going to be missed more in this game than against Notre Dame. Uh, you can't miss a guy of that talent and not have it affect you. Will it determine the outcome of the game? I, I don't know that it will, but I think it's going to have an effect. I think, as always, when people talk about the pass and the run, I, I challenge you to focus on what the run affecting the pass, the importance of that, how it's set up. People focus a lot excuse me, on the run game and the pass game separately as it's as if it's kind of you know when we ran it's successful we should run more we we run and it's not successful so let's pass we passed and it's successful you see dummy you should have been running pay attention to movement with defenders in the box and how they play it folks how you run is how you pass how you pass is how you run okay so the ability to set things up is pivotal is pivotal, is crucial to determine your success. So being able to get defenders up, moved up, running the football is always important. It's always important being able to play complementary football, to keep your defense fresh so that it can play for four quarters. Because we saw it a little bit in the, certainly in the second Alabama-Clemson championship game where Alabama's defense was gas playing 90 plays. We saw it a little bit in the latter stages of Alabama-Oklahoma game last week in which Alabama's defense, again, was gassed. So the ability to be able to control the football, to keep your defense, you know, the legs as fresh fresh and as spry as can be into the fourth quarter is pivotal. Because I think both of these defenses are going to be challenged to get the offense off the field late in games. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.